0: And you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive, like it always has been, and it always will be. Uh,
1: Welcome to the program, and uh, it's the final start of this week's program, but the end of our interview with with Stone Rider, um, and we talked about what's going on right now. uh, What about we now talk about the future and what? sort of the plans are when you get back home um, and uh, yeah, any touring plans, anything going on what, what, what's what's on your plate at the moment? Uh, no touring plans right now um, I think when we get home we're all going to go to sleep
2: for about <laughs> three days and then just get back to you know business as usual, rehearsing and, and writing there's uh, been talks amongst the three of us of, of putting or trying to get together a new record uh, over the, the next, you know, maybe winter and spring or so, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. We've got a bunch of songs written, and we'll probably get home and we'll probably write a bunch more, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what we do. And so, I don't know, we'll see. If you had told us the day before we got offered this tour that we were gonna get offered this tour, we would have probably all laughed at you. Mm-hmm. So, never really know what the future holds until until it
1: just presents itself. Would you like to do another cruise? <laughs> I'd do <be> one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm how uh, as far as um, you know sort of turning on new people to the band I mean if you can you can you see from the stage if someone's like the, the light's gone off in their head and they you know they, they didn't expect anything and suddenly they're blown away like is this something you see regularly or is it a more subtle thing is it a visible thing that when you when, when
2: sometimes it isn't sometimes it's completely not and sometimes you play a show and you get very little response throughout you know a, through a break in a song where normally people clap and you get kind of a tepid response, and then you sell more merch that night, and you sign more autographs and take more <laughs> pictures than you ever had before. So it's really kind of. Sometimes it's very obvious, and sometimes it's not. It's sometimes it's like, you, you know, it's. But that's also, you know, we've also been through uh, almost a dozen, yeah. uh, a big, big handful of countries in the past couple of months. So culturally, it may, it may vary from place to place. But you know, sometimes it's. Yeah, well, I didn't
1: see that when you're playing a support slot like how many restrictions are placed on you a lot of bands don't change a set list at all when they've got a short support slot they just want to showcase what they regard as their best material do you guys have a philosophy in that area and and do the headline acts put restrictions on you about I don't know what parts of the stage you can use and all that sort of stuff you know um, well we <clears throat> in the support act they backline everything which means that they
2: set all their stuff up and we set up in front of them mm-hmm. um, so we do have a slightly smaller stage than europe has um they told us before we came over here that we had a 30 minute set we can do anything we want to in that time we could have a you know a 30 minutes of free-form jazz exploration <laughs> if we want to we could play all the hits if we want to um and we've been kind of mixing it up like some things get a better response than others and so you know we maybe we should move that or drop it or whatever and i think we're just about to change the setup
1: again because we're getting kind of you know, kind of tired of playing the same same ones each night, so we'll mix it up. Okay, give us uh, your favorite uh, story or memory from this trip, and I'll leave you alone. Have you got have you got a favorite story that you can repeat? Uh, I got a story.
2: I don't know if it's a favorite. It's hard to pick a favorite. But one night we were going to uh, Florence, in Italy, and we drove from Vienna, and it, so it was a really long drive. It was like seven eight hours, and we had had this place set up. And the woman online was saying, yeah, 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 you guys can come stay here. It's a little bit off the beaten path. You guys can come (laughs) stay here. So, all right. It was cheap. And uh, so we drove all the way down there and we drove into the mountains, basically, and and kind of like really, really went very far away from where we thought we were going. And we got there and it was 2 or 2.30 in the morning or so. And the woman wasn't there. There was nobody at the place. So we... We obviously couldn't get a hold of her, and it was really late at night, but it was beautiful, man. She lived on the side of the, of the mountain, and big old full moon, and it was just, it was so awesome. I think the purpose of our going up there was not to stay at this woman's house. It was to see this beautiful view in the middle of the night. So No sleep that night? Oh, we slept. We just didn't sleep. We in the bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all right, though, man. That's part of it. That's all part of it Thanks for talking to us fellas uh, Give us one more song And uh, I'll go uh, Say I won't Any story? Anything you'd like to introduce it? Any? I'm gonna go with Matt's response It's is a bad motherfucking rock song. <laughs>
3: This is Trent Anderson from Band Bang Tango, and you're listening to Steve on White Line Fever.
1: Now, um, the sort of music uh, you guys play is, uh, I think I'm from Australia and most of the listeners are from Australia, although I'd love more listeners overseas. But um, would you, I mean, you haven't really left Europe yet, have you? So it's probably a bit too soon to talk about going to Australia. I mean, yeah. I remember Rhino Bucket. I don't know if you remember yeah, Rhino Bucket. Yeah, yeah. But
4: we're doing a show with them uh, in, in uh, February, yeah. yeah. In, in yeah. Germany?
1: Yeah. They were scared about going to Australia the first time because they kind of thought, well... Because all it's that. a long flight. And it's got more Lethal animals than any other yeah, continent. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, no. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm scared about spiders. And, <laughs> I don't want to go there.
4: Okay. I, I heard New Zealand has not got any snakes. I'm afraid of the Vegemite.
1: Have you have you tried Vegemite? I've never tried it, but everyone says it tastes awful. So. <laughs> you know, next time you see me, I might have some in my pocket because I always travel with Vegemite. It's pretty uh, good. You do, yeah. yeah. but but um, <laughs> <laughs> But do you like like the idea of going uh, of going to Oz? And and playing to those audiences, obviously some great... Of
4: course, you know, we're good friends with uh, Joel and the guys in Airborne. All right. And, uh, of course, they've been talking about how great it is to play over there. Mm -hmm. We'd love to do that. You know, one of our major influences are from Australia, of course. So, so uh, we, I think our music would fit quite well there. So. Mm. We'd love to go there, of course.
1: One of the things Airborne do musically, obviously there's some similarities there, but they have this thing jumping off speaker stacks and doing a lot of theatrical things. And the big difference, I sort of, which I think I said to you in a drunken stupor the other night, Michael, was that the difference in the last 12 months of you guys is that sort of visual aspect, that you look live, it looks more focused and tired, visually I mean is that something you've worked on or does it just happen naturally when you're touring a lot
4: I think it happens naturally when you're touring as much as we do but of course the ba- the band is constantly developing you know and uh, we've been on the road constantly now for two years it seems so it's not part of a big plan but of course we, we sit down and we discuss what can we do in order to get the live show more interesting, mm-hmm. we, will, we want to put on a good show. Yeah, that's a, the only thing you can do nowadays, you know, because CDs aren't selling. You, the way you can build an audience is to get people out and to get them to. Oh, it was a great show. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You check out, check out them next time.
1: Yeah, yeah, check them out next time. Before you guys today in Starbucks was uh, Mike Tramp, and I had a chat to him uh, um, last week in in London, and aside from the. Star- about september 11 that he said but he also said that um uh there is no more classic rock there never will be another classic rock album um it's over it's dead and now i mean is there a glass ceiling for this sort of music can you can you only hope to go so far or can you is it possible that and there'll be another bon jovi there'll be a a, you know i think so i think think there will be and i think we did a damn good classic rock album just now recently Mm -hmm. so
4: Mm. So, what is, because it because I would say there will there will of course be another Bon Jovi, but there will never be another ACDC or Rolling Stones or Beatles like like mm. the, the the really big bands.
1: That's something I want to expand on after the next song. Which one of you can pick? Uh, it's going to be confused to talk if I do it. So.
4: Uh, did I do it? Rayon yeah. in the fox meets Jim in the weed by Thing Lizzie. Good choice.
3: Slice, slick and subtle John the Fox Breaks out the bottle. Tune to And listening to The voodoo music travel The beating drum For the lonely Hi, this is Martorian from the Bullet Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever right here, baby. Let's just do this.
5: I get it started and then I'm brokenhearted cause I am hearted because i can not get a hold of the beast. It's like I'm blind, I'm running out of time, everything I crave is out of reach. You say I drink too much, you say I fuck too much, so what the hell am I supposed to do? I want to die and kill my dirty mind. time with the rules of society You say I eat too much You say I smoke too much What the fuck am I supposed to do? I wanna die and kill my dirty mind I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it I need it, I need it, I need it
0: This is Michael Clayton from Taiketo and Jim Kennedy, and you are listening to White White Line Fever. Okay, final part
1: of our interview with Mike Tramp. We want to thank him uh, for his time, and maybe we've talked about what's happening soon, and his tour of Australia is one of the things that's happening soon. but let's go back a little bit. Um, what what was it like, and how quickly did it happen with Pride when, when you broke in America, and how did it change your life, and how much do you think you had to do with it, and how much of it to do was to do with the business of rock and roll, what was popular at the time? Um,
0: what was it like to just for, for the album to break so big? Well, the thing is that the, the fans or, or those watching it from the other side than we're watching it from is looking at it as, as almost being something that suddenly just came and and the day before it wasn't there mm-hmm. for us it was many many years in a basement in Brooklyn, New York it was many years of rewriting the songs it was many years of touring the clubs and so on and so and um, it, happen- it happened in a natural form where you know little by little you know the payback came from hard work from a lot of touring and, and fans and, and and loyalty, and then you know that worldwide success came you know when you get an, you know a top ten hit when you get an MTV hit and stuff like that and now you can sort of watch it around you know, but White Lion basically broke because we were a hard touring band.
1: Hmm. And what about the follow-up main attraction? I mean, ha- um the the cover of Radar Love was big. It was what all a- yeah big game. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, big game. I mean, um, how do you the, the follow-ups? I mean, how do you look back on that? Was there company pressure to do certain things. Were
0: you happy with them? Would you do anything differently? I mean, I, I I don't know if it really was record company pressure, but you got to realize that, like like somebody said, that you got you know your entire life to write your first album, mm-hmm. and you got a week to write your next,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and that's sort of the situation of Big Game and Pride, where we had played Pride live in the clubs like for three years before we even recorded it, mm-hmm. when and then we went on tour for two years uh, on the Pride tour that just kept going and going going and the album kept selling and selling and then the time came to do the big game album and stuff like that and vito and i wrote that album in a couple of days even though we had some ideas lying around we basically wrote that album in 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 three or four days Mm. and and obviously that that's just not the way it 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 should be Mm. and and we didn't have the guidance from record company or management to just say hey you know let's do this the proper way let's really set this up instead it was rushed We were told that we have to get back out there, you know, and support the new album. And the album was released half a year after we had just finished a two-year tour, Mm. and we were back on the road. Mm. And there's a lot of great songs on the Big Game album, but it's an unfinished album.
1: So um, I've read two accounts of what happened in the end. One is that you just said goodbye at the airport, and because of maybe the onset of grunge, there was no fo- the phone didn't ring after that, and that was the end of the band. And I also read that there were that the band went bankrupt. I mean, what what's the truth
0: of that? What happened right in the end? Well, I don't know where you've ever read that the band band went bankrupt. I mean, it was quite the opposite. Uh, we were doing quite well. Uh, it had nothing to do with anything but me looking over at Vito backstage when, when, when a technical problem happened and we, we, we stood behind the amps and said, you know, Vito, when we play Boston next week, it's going to be the final show. And he just said to me, yes, OK, and that no words were ever spoken for the next 15 years about it. So you suggested it. Why did you suggest it? It was just a feeling that once I felt that record company abandoned us in, in the way of, of uh, it had been in the past, and I saw the changes happening in the business, it didn't feel right anymore. James and Greg had been replaced with two other guys, and Vito and I's friendship, if we ever had a friendship besides us writing songs together, we're not there. It was non-existing. Mm. um it was two people living in, in in two sides of the house and 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 um it's just not, it was not the
1: reason why I was in rock and roll. What do you make of the circuit at the moment? I'll let you go in a sec. What do you make of the circuit at the moment? A lot of bands getting back together, aren't they? have been apart for a lot of years. Uh, there's cruises. Uh, there's, there's sort of nostalgia festivals, all that sort of stuff going on at the moment.
0: Good development? Bad development? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I participate in what I want to participate in, and I don't think there's anything wrong with what anybody does. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people forget one thing is that what was then, Thank <laughs> you will never ever come again Mm -hmm. there will never be another classic rock album that ended in 1991 Mm -hmm. from any bands there will be no great big albums that will live on it's just not gonna exist there will never be classic rock that classic rock belongs to the 60s 70s and the 80s so in reality you're sort of keeping the dinosaurs alive even (laughs) though their skin is peeling and and they got you know arthritis and so on so it's just the truth of the matter is that what was us then will never come again what is coming in the future will be here today gone later today what about the bands who are playing that sort of music now like the stuff that you like the,
1: the, the, that's come out or what bands are playing that kind of music today oh, like airborne or
0: um oh. the answer crazy licks so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well I mean basically there. Were, I always explain the 80s that I think that at the end of the 80s the 80s killed the 80s because every band had cloned each other and copied each other that so many times you know you're from Australia yourself you know about how servers count the waves and by the time it comes to the 12th wave it's safe to put your kid down at the beach you know it's nothing but just a splash of water by the time the 80s had been copied to the 12th wave it was just fucking <laughs> Peroxide and black leather pants, you know, but, but no songs. It was just a copy after a copy. So there was no originality left at the end of the 80s, and people just wanted alternative. You can't start, I mean, any any bands calling themselves an 80s band today and coming out with their looks, it's only going to be so far. Please go ahead and do it, but you know the 80s bands are from the 80s. Yeah, okay.
1: It's bad. That's a great metaphor. You should be a rock critic. Uh, thanks for your time, uh, Mike. And one more song. I'm just
0: trying to survive, you know. <laughs> you got to play a, if you could play a song from the from my Tramp album. You know, it'd be from the Rock and Roll Circus album. It's called All of My Life. It explains everything about my life. It's one of my favorite songs.
1: And you do have a new album coming out. We should let you mention that.
0: Yes, I do. It's it's called Cobblestone Street. It's coming out uh, first week of April. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome.
3: Till you wake me up Memories, yesterday Loneliness, the price you pay Those you thought were your friends Fever, going to land down under, going to turn around the corner way down yonder. And <laughs> I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore.
5: <laughs>
3: Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? (laughs) Come on down and rock on.